Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One and we are recording with Dr. Am I recording on this one? Yeah, with Dr. Alejandro Diaz. Please introduce yourself, my man. You've been on here once before, and obviously, this is episode two. Please introduce Jeff for all the new listeners. Tommy, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure always to be with you. Uh, I'm Dr. Alejandro Diaz. I go by Alex Diaz, the short version. I'm a pediatrician, allergist, immunologist, trained in GI, uh, pediatrics as well, and did a lot of global health training. I used to be a panel physician for 13 years for the US, um, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom doing immigration work and it's, you know, it was a, it was a fantastic journey during that time, had the opportunity to travel virtually all over the world and learn so many things from beautiful people. So could you go into the, uh, I guess it would, is it the correct term adolescent, the adolescent pediatric outbreak or not, excuse me, the adolescent hepatitis outbreak? Yes, I mean, you know, this is something that it's, uh, it's very, uh, you know, the scientific community, we are very worried worldwide, because um, we starting to see last October, beginning of last uh, November of 2021, the very first few cases of acute hepatitis in children of unknown origin in Scotland. The very first cases were in Scotland. And then, um, so pediatricians there, they couldn't figure it out. They thought it was just a, an acute, regular hepatitis. And we will go through the signs and symptoms of that. And obviously, definition of what hepatitis is. But then all of a sudden, uh, it shifted to New England. I mean, specifically uh, London, and then Wales and Northern Ireland. So they, because they, they're part of the Commonwealth, so they started to communicate among themselves and they started to see that it was a pattern. It was a very specific pattern of kids between one month old and 16 years old. And they started to see that, um, uh, you know, these kids, they were perfectly uh, healthy, no disease of any kind, growing well, feeding well, everything good but they started, they started presenting these signs and symptoms. And I'm gonna go through that. So basically, um, hepatitis, it's an inflammation of the liver. It can have specifically four different uh, causes of hepatitis. One is contagious uh, hepatitis, which is by the hepatitis viruses that they go from A, B, C, D, and E. Obviously, there are some other microorganisms, including some other viruses and bacterias that they can cause inflammation of the liver, but they are very, you know, not, not very common. The most common is contagious or infectious causes by those viruses from A to B, A to E. 
And then autoimmune hepatitis, number two. Number three, toxic hepatitis that it can be uh, produced by toxins, by medications, drugs, etc. Number four is what we call genetic or enzymatic, uh, when, when the enzymes of the liver um, don't work properly, you can have inflammation of the liver and liver failure. Obviously, uh, anam anatomic problems like, uh, you know, um, what we call biliary atresia. So there's, there's no well development of the bile ducts during the uh, embryonic phase. And uh, these kids, they started to have problems since day one, day two, first week. Uh, first month, they're starting to uh, develop vomiting and they cannot retain uh, uh, food and so on. But they started to see that neither of this, neither of these kids, they, they were presented with these four conditions, these were four variables of hepatitis. There was not known cause of this. And then it virtually, you know, went all over Europe. So right now on... May 17th, we have 450 cases, Tommy. Can you believe that? We have 450 cases worldwide in 14 countries of Europe. We have in Japan, South Korea, Indonesia, Singapore, Argentina, Panama, Mexico, and obviously Canada and the United States. Um, so just to put it in perspective, about 17 days ago, 15 to 17 days ago, there were only 11 cases reported in the United States. It's important to mention that pretty much about the same time, early November last year, the first cases presented in the state of Alabama at the Children's Hospital there with four cases and children's. They couldn't figure it out what kind of hepatitis was, but they, they were not communicating with the, with the New England, well, with the United Kingdom, and they, uh, so they didn't know exactly. But on April 5th, now the medical community and the scientific community started to exchange information through the European Control and Prevention Disease, the CDC, WHO, uh, uh, Pan American uh, Health Organization and all these all these uh, health organizations they started to communicate saying hey we're starting to see uh, kids here that we don't know what's going on oh we have another case here we have another case here and uh, you know it this is a uh, this is a uh, unknown enemy we don't know if it's contagious we don't know exactly what is causing it. So we, we, have to, we have to be not only worried about this, but we have to be occupied trying to first identify these kids as early as we can. What are the signs and symptoms of uh, hepatitis? Okay, so we're going to look for kids between one month old and 16 years old, but the vast majority of cases worldwide are below five years. And the, the, the mode or the media of, of age group, it's between uh, one year and a half and two, point, and, and two years and a half, okay? Signs and symptoms uh, Tommy, that all parents, teachers, caregivers, pediatricians, and primary care physicians, we need to look for. Abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, lack, you know, lack of appetite, fever, 
diarrhea, what we call jaundice, which is a, a yellowish yeah, uh, yeah. skin coloration and, and uh, yellowish of the eyes of the sclera, um, headache. The kid, they, they don't feel well at all and they don't look well. Uh, the urine, it's very dark and the stools are pallid or white. If we see those signs and symptoms, so the early, the better we run and we go to see the pediatrician because this is something extremely serious. So coming back to the U.S., first case, first cases in Alabama, 17 days ago, 11 cases, Alabama, North Carolina, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Now, in 11 cases in these four states. Now, more than 110 cases in more than 25 states of the United States, including Puerto Rico. So this is alarming. We have to take, uh, we have to take care of the kids and we have to do the right thing. Pediatricians, healthcare of the, of the public sector, of the private sector, and we need to increase awareness to be very uh, careful about, uh, you know, watchful about the signs and symptoms so we can send the kids early on to, to the hospital, to the emergency care, or to the pediatrician. So I guess there's, in my limited knowledge, I would look at it in two ways, is it's it's either contagious, in which case it would obey like exponential growth rules, or is it something like on a sunny day, if a thousand people get sunburns that maybe normally wouldn't, you wouldn't say it was a contagious sunburn. You'd say the environment shifted and it, that was a kind of a, a shifted variable. Is this something that is contagious or is there some shifting in the infinite variables, the quality of water, the quality of air, the plastics and food, the vaccines, the whatever is do, which one do you think it is? Is it contagious or is it a, is it coming from, from a shifting environment? That's a fantastic question, Tommy. That's a fantastic question. Let me tell you what we know right now. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's important to mention to you and the audience audience that I've been, I've been talking to a lot of doctors worldwide you know, I have a very broad, uh, 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 you know, uh, network of doctors virtually all over the world. Because remember that I used to be a panel physician, so I know doctors in in, in all continents and, and many, many, many countries. So we're tracking, we're tracking um, all the cases uh, virtually hour by hour, hour by hour. And at this point in time, Tommy, we don't know. We don't know if it's contagious. It doesn't look contagious. Why? It doesn't look contagious because we haven't seen outbreaks like in households. We haven't seen outbreaks in schools. We haven't seen outbreaks in hospitals or in child, you know, in, in, in kindergartens, childcare, and here and there. Uh, um, there is no there's no relationship between a kid from Wales and a kid from Argentina and a kid from um, Israel. There's no correlation. So there are a couple of theories, hypotheses right now. Number one is that some of the, kid, the kids that they, that they studied, they found an adenovirus. And let me go what an adenovirus is. So they found on the, on the, on the 
you know, oral mucosa and the nasal mucosa, mucosa they, they found the presence of adenovirus uh, strain 41. There are 50 strains of adenovirus and adenovirus, Tommy, is a very common virus in kids. We see it all the time, but it causes just very mild signs and symptoms of GI, respiratory, and conjunctivitis. We never see hepatitis with adenovirus, but you know there are some agencies that they're, they're, they're starting to link the presence of adenovirus with this rare form and mysterious form of hepatitis. To be honest, I don't think there's a correlation at this point in time with my experience, but you know, every hypothesis right now has to be on the table. That's number one. Number two, uh, there are some agencies as well that they're starting to link with uh, animals, with dogs, with dogs. Can you yeah. believe that? You know, if, if we made a survey, there are millions and millions of uh, households and babies that they, you know, they have dogs for years, for centuries, for whatever. And um, that's true. And that's the same for adenovirus. So I don't think that's, that's, that's uh, correct at this moment. The third theory is um, uh, what they call a super antigen. And what is a super antigen? When two viruses combine, number one, adenovirus and SARS-CoV-2, you know, the, the causant agent of, uh, of uh, COVID-19. So they're starting to believe that potentially this combination of viruses create a super antigen that it's creating specific antibodies and those antibodies are going specific to the liver. I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. The four theory and what I believe it's potentially, and I'm saying potentially the most accurate at this time is vaccine. The COVID vaccine, it's, there are some studies, there are some research papers by, by very important uh, colleagues that they're saying that the, the, the vaccine has been for, you know, specifically adults that they have been heavily vaccinated with three or four or more shots. They've been ex expelling or expulsing the, uh, the vaccine through, through the airway or the GI tract. And then the kids, they're Jeez. ingesting or inhaling that specific antibody and it's going to the liver. To be honest, out of the four theories that they are talking about, these agencies, probably I will stick to the last one. But it's not me saying that. It's it's what I you know what I believe right now. Well, sure, and like like a like all science, it's it's always a running hypothesis. It's no one knows what it is, and it's okay. I've been talking about that for the last two years. That's what got me permanently banned from YouTube. Is but. That's all science is, and you have to look at everything and go, what is the most reasonable hypothesis? Now, is that is that your is that the one you're leaning towards more? And I think you said it is. And so sorry, I meant to ask, what is the one that most physicians are leaning towards? Or is there no really consensus? Is it is there no majority position right now? That's exactly right. There's no majority position right now. There's a lot of confusion. There's one group is saying this, another group is saying this. You know, it's a lot of people 
uh, making opinions. And uh, so what I've been doing, what I've been doing is uh, I'm talking to a lot of colleagues in many, many countries to try to track day by day, hour by hour, these cases to try to find out if there's a correlation, if there's something. I mean, like you said it at the beginning of the conversation, Tommy, and you were and you're right. There, there, there are many possibilities. Sure, you know, it can be virtually. We can go from water to air to baby formula to anything. What, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, anything under the sun, exactly. So there's a lot of confusion. Um, I think it's too early to to come with a specific conclusion. We need to keep uh, moving and keep. Uh, searching for 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 an answer um and uh so one of the other things that it's important to mention is that unfortunately out of these 450 cases worldwide in 22 countries including now latin america um there unfortunately 11 kids 11 kids uh, died of, of of this severe um, acute hepatitis of unknown origin five in the United States, five in Indonesia, one in Palestine. Unfortunately as well, 20, key, 20 kids out of this 450, they have to undergo to a liver transplant. Jesus. This is very aggressive. And, um, you know, it's, this, is, this, is, this is tough news, Tommy. This was difficult. Um, um, you know, I have four, I have four boys. They're a little bit older than the, the the age range, but I have a lot of patience. A lot, of, and you know, the, we're talking about the, the kids of the world. You know that they they mean the present and the future of our society. Could you maybe put it into perspective for me? How common, I guess, hepatitis is in kids? Like I, because I don't I don't want to be, you know. <laughs> I don't want it's it's like if someone said there's been somebody so today's Tuesday somebody said you know it's only Tuesday and there's already been there's already been a hundred or two hundred uh, automobile deaths in the United States well there's two automobile deaths per state per day and so yes that doesn't make light of the hundred deaths but you have to you have to zoom out and go there's thirty six thousand five hundred auto fatalities a year in the United States. It doesn't make it any less worse, but put it in perspective. And it's been every year for decades and decades. Could you maybe put this in perspective? Or is this, if someone says there's been two plane crashes and it's Tuesday, you go, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. We don't have that many plane crashes. So could you maybe just for the sake of playing all sides, could you put it in context? Yes, yes, Tommy. So, so, so hepatitis... It's very common. It's very common worldwide. There's nothing to worry about those four categories of hepatitis or those etiologies of, of, of hepatitis that I just mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. But what is worry to a lot of uh, the scientific community is that they don't fit in any of these four. So if it's one of these four categories, it's okay. I mean, we have statistics. We know and we expect certain amount of kids, preschool, school age, and uh, adolescence kids um, to present with hepatitis, specifically A and some of them B, very, very seldom C, D, and E. Those are more adult. But this is 
totally out of the charts. This is different. This is we're we're dealing with a different with a different enemy. And and uh, as a pediatrician, as an immunologist, as a father of four, and uh, you know, a doctor that takes care of kids, children. Oh my God, this is this is something that we really need to to do something about it and uh, start to to look for answers at this at this moment. You know, there are millions, Tommy, millions of cases year round worldwide of hepatitis of different types, this four categories, but this is, this is different. We're talking about a different thing. Why is it so different? It is different because there's no, there's, there, there is not a cost. Okay. There's it's, it's not hepatitis A, B, C, D, E. It's not autoimmune. It's not uh, genetic. It's not, anatomic okay and it's not toxic so they haven't been when when they take the liver you know the 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 failure liver out and the pathologist they look to the microscope and they make their specific stains and so on and so forth and preparations the 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 pattern the pattern obviously yes it's liver failure but they don't have they don't have anything to say oh there it is is this or is that there's there's nothing not even on blood, on blood, you know, blood tests or histopathology. There's nothing. Uh, so it's like, what are we dealing with, Tommy? This is something we haven't seen this ever. Okay. I can tell you that. Okay. Um, do you think, and this is speculation, is it that there's no majority position or is there a hesitance of physicians to say it's COVID vax related because you know, COVID vaccine is radioactive. If you touch it, you're ostracized, you know, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're anti-science like me, I get banned from YouTube. Do you think that, do you think there's a component of maybe we're not getting an accurate representation of how many physicians suspect that because they don't want to voice it? Or is, or is that nonsense? Oh, my God. Uh, Tommy, that's, <laughs> a, that's one of the toughest questions. And, and it's, it's very hard to say. You know, it's, it's yeah. very difficult to say. I need to be extremely responsible. Yeah. You, you have a lot of viewers. You have a lot of people that follow you. And uh, I am, I'm just a doctor. I'm just a doctor who's trying to do something right for humanity, to try to do things right for my patients and for kids out there and anything that I can do, Tommy, to help them, I, I, I will do it. And so I'm putting my, my, I'm putting my small, my, you know, my, my work and my time and my, my, uh, my knowledge to mm-hmm. try to reach and, and look for answers. Mm-hmm. Is there any evidence? Does the growth rate, or I guess the growth models of it, does that, does that help lend or shed any light on the nature of the, of the hepatitis? Like, again, is it, is it a linear growth? Is it exponential or the, is it on different latitudes and longitudes? Is it first world versus third world? I mean, are there any clues of a pattern or anything? There's no clue. I mean, we're, (laughs) There's no clue of anything right now. Uh, uh, this is a bizarre behavior. 
So it's, it's a lottery. Very bizarre behavior because you know it's not a first uh, world uh, or or underdeveloped world thing. Like for example, we haven't we haven't seen anything in India. We haven't seen anything in Bangladesh, in Pakistan, in Iran. We haven't seen anything there, but we have seen in Japan. We haven't seen it in Germany, United Kingdom, the U.S., Canada, France, Italy. I mean, those are developed countries, and and uh, but we also have seen this in in un, uh, underdeveloped countries. Some of them, not many, uh, like Palestine, Palestine. And um, so there's there's no pattern. So it's it, it turns us crazy a little bit because you know in medicine, uh, you went to medical school, so you understand. I, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I got in. I got accepted. Oh, you got I, in. I didn't well, go. I didn't go. That's good enough. That's good. It's hard to get in. It's, it's hard, hard to get, to get in, in, but I I do not have an MD. I have a biology degree. <laughs> a full clarification. Okay. Okay. So so you know in 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 medicine, you know doctors. First of all, first of all, uh, Tommy, doctors. We don't talk narratives. We don't tell stories. We talk facts. And facts are from statistics, from medical history, from you know, things that we see, we can touch, we can, we can define, and we can make diagnosis. And uh, you know, there's no pattern. There's no pattern that we can say, well, um, we, we had an outbreak here. We have this here. Here's the pattern. We can, we can make these conclusions right now. This is a very, this is an invisible enemy. Is there any, are the methods of treatment working the same? Like you said, there's, you know, A, B, C, D, E. Are the methods of treatment working or are there no treatments either? There is, when you don't know, when you don't know the, when you don't know the enemy, there's very difficult, but, but that's a, but that's a very important question. Let me, let me expand a little bit on that. So for example, when you have, when you have um, infectious hepatitis with uh, one of the five most common hepatitis viruses, the most of the time, specifically with A and B, more with A, the treatment is supportive care. Fever, something for the fever. Pain, something for the pain. Um, uh, vomiting, something for the vomiting. Uh, dehydration, IV line, here and there. So it's supportive. It, 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 appears, it appears that with this type of hepatitis, when they don't go, obviously, to liver failure or something you know, worth, worse than that, it's supportive care right now. And it, it seems that it's working because... You know, out of 450, most of them, thank God, they're recovering. Most of them. So I, I, I think that is a group that, you know, out of bad news, it's a good news. So then are these cases going around worldwide purely, purely in adolescence or are they happening with adults as well? But are they just getting brushed under the rug or is this specifically children and specifically children and the most common age group it's between one and a half years old and and two and a half years so basically in that age range group so what needs to be done to figure it out then so if it's like understood that they don't know what it is they don't know what the causation is there's no real patterns like well that's that's every new disease and that's every we haven't figured it out yet yet yeah, we haven't figured it out yet and then you develop penicillin or then you develop sterilization and then you develop right. anesthesia like we don't know it yet 
and then you get to like one day there will be a cure for cancer. Like we, we will get to it. It's heavier than flight or heavier than air flight. Eventually the Wright brothers figured it out. It, it took humanity like 10,000 years, but eventually we figured it out. What needs to be done to figure this out? Yeah. And yeah, what needs to be done to how do you just throw money at it? Do you, do you have to wait until like, you know, a, a billionaire son gets hepatitis and then it's going to be cured. Like what, what is it? You know, unfortunately uh, that's, that's, that's another interesting question, Tommy. And and just to go through the, the aviation thing and, and you said it right, you know, the Wright brothers in Carolina, but it was not even the, 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 the Wright brothers who, who, who actually discovered what was, what was the, the technique to lift the plane. It was, uh, it was Bernoulli. Oh, it was Bernoulli's, Bernoulli's principle. Yeah. It was Bernoulli's principle who, you know, the shape the, the, of the, of the wing. The pressure. Kind of and it, can yeah. lift, it can lift, but it's exactly the same. That's exactly the same that we have to figure it out with this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it takes time. It takes it, time. Didn't Da Vinci have a schematic for like a helicopter or it, something? It, it, yeah. Okay. Oh, that, that man was, that guy oh, was, he was, he was ridiculous. He was living in the future, man. Yeah, people were people were wiping their asses with their hands and he was developing helicopters. He he must have been so just angry on a day-to-day basis, just walking around, just like I he must feel like Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. like, I'm surrounded by a bunch of dumb apes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's probably what he yeah. But but the point is, is eventually it gets figured out. So, I mean, are there, and then now I guess, are we leaving maybe the, the niche of medicine? Is it now getting into like business and economics? Like there are a lot of diseases, you know, there are, uh, you know, you can get allergy medication cheap because there's a huge market for it. That's the sad truth is sure. In an ideal utopia, we treat everybody, but if you've got a disease that only five people in the world gets, Pfizer's not going to throw a billion dollars at it. That's there's something with that. That is that is the inconvenient truth, uh, Tommy. You hit it right. Uh, that's what we have dealt with for so many years. We're still learning, and you know, responsible physicians that we really care about people, and we devoted our life, our lives to to you know to help them. We we think that way that we have to find better ways, better techniques, uh, you know, based on nutrition, supplements, exercise, vitamin D, uh, sunlight, sleep well, and so many, so many things that you can do to have a better, better health. So it's like more health-based care than seek care-based. So what else about this can you touch on? Because my, as you can see, my, my knowledge of this is very limited and I've, doing my best to conjure up pertinent questions. What have, what have I not touched on that you want to touch on? Uh, what can I say, Tommy? I can say that uh, um, personally, I am very worried. And, and uh, I don't think we have, I don't think we have communicate enough this either on social media, on newspapers, on whatever, uh, uh, media there are out there to increase the awareness of this thing, not to scare people, no, to increase the awareness, to try to act as fast as we can. We need to save lives. That's exactly what we have to do. And, um, you know, that's my mission. 
And if I can do anything I can do to, to help with this, that's what I'm doing. And I've been doing this for 27 days. When I first noticed the, the, that it was something going on different of a different pattern. And I start, I start to make calls everywhere and to find, and, uh, you know, I can tell you the, actually, I, I, I actually make the first diagnosis of acute hepatitis in Mexico. The really? first, the first. Yeah. Uh, fortunately enough, this uh, six-year-old kid, uh, from my hometown in Mexico, it's a border border town with, uh, El Paso, Texas, um, he, he went, he under, underwent to a, a, a liver transplant in the Children's Phoenix, um, Children's Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, and he's doing very well. He's doing very well. Thank God. But it was very difficult. It was very difficult. And, uh, you know, if, if you know, I, I don't think that the average pediatrician right now, this moment, 17th of May, um, I don't think they're aware that this is going on. So we need more awareness, more people like yourself that have get a lot of viewers and, um, you know, to, to start spreading uh, the information. So primary care docs, docs and, 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 and physicians, you know, the pediatricians and so on and so forth from rural areas, from everywhere to reach out everybody. So we can understand exactly signs symptoms and at least what will be the first things to do well the first things to do is to look for those things whenever we find out that go immediately to the er talk to your pediatrician talk to your pcp and so on and so forth to try to try to do something quick so does the i guess it's like early like early covid like early 2020 still didn't know what it was it's not sequenced there's no vaccine which the vaccine didn't work but at the time it's still like we don't know what's going on and then you have guys like dr mccullough or farid or urso or merrick or whatever who you know one of the things they rail against now is like no we didn't know what to do but one thing we knew you weren't supposed to do was say go home and come back in two weeks when your lips are blue and you can't breathe there are I mean, there are like kind of the basic things that even someone like me could figure it out. Like, you know, take some vitamin C, maybe don't exercise, get a ton of sleep, drink a ton of water, you know, whatever. If you have a fever, use an ice pack. If you're cold, get under a blanket, like simple shit. But like, excuse me, are there, is this something where there's early treatment analogous to like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin? Are there like are there off-label uses for things right now where it doesn't matter if we don't know the causes or we don't have the exact genome of it, we can still kind of just beat it down if you catch it early. Is there, does that apply here as well where no, we don't know what it is. Maybe we'll know later this year. Maybe we'll know in five years, but if you go to the hospital and they give you intravenous X, Y, and Z, it, you'll still, you can still knock it down. The only thing that I can tell you, Tommy, right now, it's, uh, you know, precautions like uh, washing, washing, uh, you know, the, the caregiver's hands very, very well with soap and water. The same for the for the kids and just wash uh, their uh, their food as best as they can do that. Don't drink water from, you know, tap water. Preferably. We don't know if it's on the water, but I will do that because we don't know exactly. What yeah, it's you don't. Yeah, you don't know. So we have to do like general measures, general measures of hygiene, basically. 
Um, but this is not the time to panic. This is not the time to, because we have seen this movie before. Yeah. And we're just coming out from one of the yeah. worst pandemics ever in the history of humanity. And uh, it, it hit us hard. It hit us hard in all aspects. So we have seen this movie before. We have to be very cautious, very, you know, act in faith, not on fear. And um, just just be ready and, and, and do those kind of things. You know, very increase hygiene, basically. Increase hygiene. I don't think there's a, obviously there's no treatment right now as like a specific treatment or a specific pill or a specific IV or a specific medication. Uh, I'm not aware of that. And I don't think there's something right now, probably tomorrow or the day after, but right now, nothing, nothing. So the States in the U S that uh, fortunately enough, they haven't, they haven't shown any, any um, cases. It's uh, the state of Mississippi, Virginia, uh, Rhode Island, uh, Maine, Vermont, Montana, Nevada, um, Oregon, Utah, and uh, and Wyoming. They haven't reported not a, in Oklahoma. They haven't reported not a single case. Thank God. And uh, you know we were we're hoping to get less cases instead of more cases. Unfortunately, Tommy, and I have to say this, what we call the natural history of disease, even though we don't know, we don't know the enemy, but we do understand the natural history of disease is that, unfortunately, I, I really think we're going to have more and more and more cases. Do you think that, Worldwide. and not to fall into the same fear mongering that allowed uh, the covid paranoia to tear through the world is there a chance that they're just not being reported maybe people don't know what they are i mean that's there's always statistically a chance of that but i mean could it be that we only think there's 450 cases in the world because it's just it's not a thing we normally know what is it hepatitis a b c d e so they're looking at this and going, well, it's not one of the normal hepatitis, so it can't be that. Maybe the kid's just sick. Maybe what autoimmune, who knows? Is there a chance that there's like 10 times as many? Or is this something so specific? Like COVID, like COVID, like COVID's very similar to just, you know, your seasonal flu. Uh, my sinuses hurt. My throat hurts. I'm coughing. I'm tired. Th that, that's understandable where it can be glossed over. You know, children getting hepatitis isn't as easily glossed over. Do you think there's a chance of that? Is it much more prevalent in the United States, or is is it probably within like a statistically acceptable margin of error? Tommy, you hit it right. You hit it right on the spot. And I've been thinking about that. I really think that right now, worldwide, worldwide, there's a huge underdiagnosed cases. Underdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. So, so unfortunately, I know. I know that there must be a lot of cases out there that they don't know, that they don't know what's going on. And I'm going to share with you something very interesting. I was, I was talking to a friend, probably one of the best pediatric surgeons in Mexico. This guy is amazing. He, uh, 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 oh my God, he's been written books and he's a teacher and he's very young. He's very, very young. And I was talking to him and I told him, hey, hey, have you seen any, any, any patients with this and that? And then, so I, I start to increase, as a matter of fact, I was in Oklahoma last week and I call him from there because I was very worried about this. 
and he's in Monterrey, Mexico. But this guy is a top-notch uh, uh, pediatric surgeon. But he said, you know, Alex, you know, now that, I, now that you're saying that, I just operate on a, on a seven-month-old girl for intussusception, which is when, when, the, when the, the small intestine just, just, you know, gets into their own intestine. It's a lot of pain. It's vomiting. It's, it's kind of common. And so he was, he, was, he was operating on her, but he said something that it, were, it really worries me a lot. You know, this guy, he makes like 10 or 15 operations a day. This is like a superstar guy. No, no, he's, he's busy, man. But he says, now that you're saying that, Alex, you know, I was operating on this, on this seven-month uh, girl. But I kind of, because he was here, he was in the middle of, of, of the digestive system. But when you're opening and you're, you're, you're manipulating, you can see some, some other organs, even though you're not focused on that because that's not your target. But he was here and he told me, you know, it, I've noticed a very bizarre morphology of the liver and a very bizarre color. Oh. But, you know, I'm so busy, Alex, and I'm, you know, yeah, he's, he's just I, going through. But now that you're saying that, oh, <sighs> my God, he says, oh, my God, you know, and then we're starting to create this, <sighs> this, um, we're starting to create this, uh, it's not a theory yet, but this thing that, okay, so why don't you talk to all of your pediatric surgeons in Monterrey, call them, send them an email. And tell them when you operate kids for whatever reason that is on the digestive system, just look for the liver. Just take a look. Just take a look. If you see something, why don't you call the pathologist? Why don't you call the something and make a biopsy? Obviously, with cons informed consent. Because, I mean, and he was like, you know, Alex, you're right. I think we should do that. Obviously, you need to go to the you need to go to many layers of bureaucracy yeah. and this and that. But you know, clinicians, clinicians, we do that all the time. We 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 see things. Now, is there a problem with with the power of suggestion where you would be like, hey, have you noticed anything wrong with the liver? Is it yellow? And people start looking for yellow, like, or do you have to kind of put it out more vaguely? Like, just look at the liver. You you know you know what Tommy the 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 I don't know if you have ever been in an operating room and, and being in operation you know watching or assisting a doctor yeah but the liver all organs and systems obviously but the liver has this beautiful specific bright amazing color okay you never change it only okay. change when it's sick gotcha so okay. So it'd be very clear. Yeah. So it will be very, very clear. But, you know, he told me, oh, Alex, now that you're saying that, you know, and he was very rare and he was very this and that, but I couldn't make the connection. But now that you're saying this, I'm going to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like. We encourage, we encourage to all pediatric surgeons who might see your, your, your uh, show that I think there will be a lot of people uh, just look. You don't have to do nothing fancy. Yeah. Just, just look, observe. That's it. Yeah. Probably you. Probably you will be able to see something different, and then we can look for more things, and we can have more cases, and we can diagnose earlier, and we can treat better, and we can find the cause. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be like if my eyes weren't blue, 
during a podcast. You'd be like, yeah, there's something up. Exactly. Yeah, it's not that they're a different shade of blue. If all of a sudden they're green, it'd be like, yeah, something's wrong. Okay. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I got it. I got it. Uh, hey, hey, Dr. Diaz, can you uh, can you uh, take control of the show for a minute? I got to use the rest I'll of do it. Back. I'll do it. All right. Welcome to I'll the Dr. Diaz you. podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here with Tommy. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. And so we're talking about different things. Uh, I'm a pediatrician, allergist, immunologist. Uh, I did uh, training on pedi- pediatrics GI in Belgium. And I've been a panel physician, a global health specialist for quite a bit, doing immigration medicine for different countries. And so we're addressing uh, this mysterious and complicated and um, severe hepatitis in kids that we're looking in uh, more than 22 countries in the world. And uh, it's been for just not more than five months now. So it started it in November of last year, 2021. Started it in Scotia, Scotia, and then it came to all over uh, uh, the United Kingdom. Now it's in fourteen, in fourteen countries in Europe. It's in different countries in South America. It's in Asia. We haven't seen anything in Australia and New Zealand. We haven't seen any cases in India or Africa, but we have seen many, many cases in the U.S., in Canada, now in Mexico. So it's something that we really need to, to, to look for. Thank you. There's the main man right there. I'm back. Um, <laughs> now, do you, do you think that this is part of it? You said that this not as many people, is there anyone like running point on this? Is there, you know, like the CDC or the FDA or the world health organization for all of their flaws, you know, at least they, identified that COVID was a thing and they started keeping an eye out and testing and tracking and doing, you know, population, I guess, whatever, epidemiology. Is there anyone taking charge of this or right now, is it just some guys like you piecing things together? Is there any organization or agency, I guess, taking control of the fight against this or is this something where, it's not big enough yet to where there's a coordinated response to it. Uh, one thing, Tommy, I don't think somebody is leading this, this coordination work, but I know that the CDC, WHO, and the European uh, Center for Control Prevention and Disease based in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, they're, they're looking at this, they're investigating and they're doing work about this. And one of the most the common theories for them is the adenovirus, the adenovirus thing. But I, I, I really think that there are a lot of uh, physicians, a lot of pediatricians and, and, and doctors out there like myself that we are uh, looking for, for answers and we're putting our work to try to find, to try to find the cause uh, but I think this is a matter of collaboration. This is not a one-man show. This is something that we have to come together, share information, think out of the box, and try to help, try to help as much as we can. Do you have any, like, repository of knowledge? <clears throat> I mean, like, for lack of a better and less more professional term, is there just, like a, like, a Google Docs or something that doctors from around the world can 
report just i don't know like like you said like pediatric surgeons is there a place where hey if you've seen something up with the liver maybe just make a note of it just so you could have statistics and start looking into it is there some sort of place where all the minds can meet or right now is it just is it you calling a friend and then them emailing a friend is it kind of that's where it is right now that's that's what i'm doing right now i'm okay. i'm calling as many as many doctors as i can in the world um, through my, 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 my career as a panel physician that I made a lot of friends worldwide and, uh, they're answering, they're answering. I was talking to a colleague in Ecuador, in Ecuador. Um, and I talked to him and he told me, well, Alex, let me tell you, I just saw three kids with jaundice. And so I was, Oh my God, now we have it in Ecuador and everything. And, and then I said, well, can you run this test and this and that? He says, I'll, I'll do it, Alex, I'll do it. But I really think this is something different. And so he was talking about uh, leptospirosis. It's a, it's a bacteria, kind of common in, in, in certain countries. Um, and um, so he, he, thought, he thought that it was that. He run the test. He just called me and he says, uh, Alex, it was positive. So we, so, but it's, it's medicine. It's clinician. It's clinics. It, we, ha- we have to investigate. We have to investigate. If you wanted you could get them you could get them on here just so you'd have a central repository you could just have a series of videos let's do it it's up to you yeah just get it on record i don't care you i think i need you present because i wouldn't be able to ask pertinent questions i'd be like i'd be like was it smelly they'd be like the hell is who is this kid i would i would need you present <laughs> um, but if you just wanted a place just to literally have it on video and audio Oh, definitely, and and uh, I really appreciate that. I think that's a fantastic idea because we, because we we have to raise the voice. Number one, number two, we need to increase awareness, and we have to bring as many physicians as we can so they can. We we have more eyes. We need more eyes yeah. everywhere. Everywhere. That, well, that's what I mean. And then you could just put them Good. all together, and then and then you wouldn't have to have you reaching out to every doctor in the world. Then you could just send an email to a thousand doctors and say, hey. You're, yeah, you, two phones. Look, yeah, two yeah. Phones, and then this phone, and I'm calling everybody, everybody. Time, but but I think with your platform, with your platform, and and I really and I would really definitely get your advice. That's a fantastic idea, and if you're allowed me to do that, yeah, I will. I will love to do it. It's like a, it's like a do-it-yourself video on YouTube instead of having to have a friend tell you how to clean your kitchen sink when the pipe gets clogged instead you can just go find a youtube video and maybe it was uploaded yesterday maybe it was uploaded 10 years ago but there's a central place where you can go find it you might be able to get the the word out exponentially if you could just say here's a list of the videos just episode 819 858 whatever just put them all together you can just have them in one spot and then that can go take a life of its own I love it. I love it, Tommy. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, and it's, it's a matter of uh, we need a team up. Yeah, team up. That's it. That's it. this is not a one man show. I, I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm just trying to be a doctor doing his work and just love for humanity. Try to bring the best out of me. Bring more, you know, huddle and bring more people yeah. together. Get and the brains together. Yeah, get the brains together. Yeah. I'll just I'll just sit here and I'll just sit here and nod. I'll be the only one without. A, I'll, I'll get a. I'll get a. I'll get a. Uh, I'll get a white coat too. I'll throw in. Definitely, I'll, definitely. I'll a, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get a ceremonial white coat. Um, <laughs> to 
to kind of shift back though and, and let me know i know i like i said I've, I've i cleared out the next hour for you just let me know whenever you gotta go so i don't keep you thank hostage you, thank you so much Tom. yeah 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 um but to kind of jump back to uh your gut feeling of it being vaccine based do you have any hypothesis on like a mechanism of action like what it is that would do it it's something in the mrna is it then is it the nanolipids is it the is it the spike proteins do you have any running theory on on why it would be covid vaccine based or is it more so correlation based that yes i mean so just to make a clarification uh so people can understand it and uh so, so it's it's not it's not oh, my the, gut feeling, it's not my gut feeling that this is happening. But out of the theories that they are putting out there, I think potentially the most accurate. Sure. Thing, because that's a common variable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the variable. Same. That's the yeah. variable exactly. Everything else is the same. Yeah. So, so it, now the 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 variable is, is is the vaccine. So potentially, and you know. We, there are a lot of papers out there. There's a lot of journals. There's a lot of very, very serious scientists that they're putting there and they're writing up those, those things. And this is not new. Let me tell you something, Tommy, and, and to the audience. Um, we have seen this before. We saw this about a couple of decades, a couple of decades ago, um, 30 years ago in, in Africa and Southeast Asia with polio. Uh, it's what we call back in the day uh, a um, a vaccinated a vaccinated disease. So so it was like some children that they were getting the the, the polio vaccine, the oral polio vaccine. There were uh, they were uh, exp- expelling the the virus through the feces. So it was a fecal oral kind of contamination with those that they were not vaccinated, and it was a more aggressive virus, and uh, then they were getting the, the 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 disease. So this is this this is on the textbooks. This is on journals of thirty years ago. This is nothing new. So it's definitely one of the one of the hypotheses that potentially can be, you know, that we need to look a little bit more through to that. Yeah. Um... Now, have you been able to get in touch with any like specific, I guess, liver experts? Like, I don't know. Like, is that even a thing? Like a hepatologist or something? Oh yeah, there are. Oh yeah, those are, they exist. Yes, and they're very good. They're okay. very good. So what they do most of the time, the way to get into become a hepatologist, you 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 obviously you go to medicine either pediatrics or internal medicine and then you do you do GI tract specialty for three or four years and then you do three two to three years of hepatology so you only see uh liver diseases you only see and I have talked to them some of them some of them but you know sometimes and I'm not criticizing anybody but you know probably I think a little bit different sometimes but they they get too technical they get extremely technical and sometimes they, I don't know, they, so um, no conclusions yet. They get myopic. Yeah. Very technical. Yeah. You know, sometimes in medicine, you need to think out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the box. Sometimes, not all yeah. time, not, a, not every time, but sometimes. And I, I think, this is one of the times that we need to think out of the box. 
Well, they did that in the Cold War. I mean, JFK brought in uh, McNamara to be Secretary of Defense. He was the CEO of Ford. And then that's not the only example. I didn't know. There's actually there was actually a running theme. Eisenhower brought in the CEO of Chrysler to streamline the missile program. So that's what he said. Lee Yacocca? It was Yacocca? I think so. He was a great, he was, he was outstanding. That was very, that's great. He used to work for Chrysler and for Ford, and he, he developed the, the, the car industry. Yeah. That's impressive that you knew the name. Yeah. That's, that's, you you get, you get a brownie point. (laughs) But no, but that was a thing though, where they would bring up, they'd bring him in. They'd be like, why are they using him? They'd be, Eisenhower was like, I, we got to get, the, the generals can only see so much. He was like, we got to bring in this guy that builds cars and tell him now you're building m- nuclear tipped uh, missiles. But it worked. So sometimes you got to come out of that and stream. I mean, I don't know. So what would be the, what, how would we think outside of the box on the, I mean, well, you have me, you have not a doctor, so I can, I can help. But was there a way to go about it? Do you have any like ideas on on how you would think outside the box, or is it just kind of we got to figure this thing out as you go? Well, you know, to think to think outside of the box is to do things differently sometimes, uh, but also to team up, to bring people, to bring more brains, more eyes, more people to 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 bring their ideas and try to you know shovel them and, and, and uh, try to, uh, you know, come with the, with the important conclusions, but you have to be, you have to be committed to sometimes do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way we can, we can achieve greater things. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of, to, to recap for, for parents or something again, could you, could you say what these specific things are that, cause Right. You also don't want to cause like undue fear and just people running to the hospital. My kid has hepatitis and it's like, no, he stubbed his toe. You know, are there, could you maybe t- it's, it's yellowish skin, yellowish eyes, nausea. Are there, what, what are the other ones? Just okay. To- oh, okay. So these are the, what we call the constellation of signs and symptoms, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, fever, headache, lack of appetite. Um, they feel that the kid, they feel very tired, very lethargic sometimes. And jaundice, what we call skin, uh, yellowish skin coloration on the skin, on the eyes, dark urine, like cola, like cola drink. Okay. Very dark. And, uh, and, and the feces are pallid or white. What does pallid mean? Well, like white, no color. They, they don't have, they don't have the, the, the typical brown color, uh, light brown or dark brown. It's, it's white, like white. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And so look for those signs and symptoms. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that everything that starting with those signs and symptoms will have this. But it's important to keep an eye on it all the time. And at the first changes on, on those signs and symptoms, immediately just call your pediatrician. Immediately. You know, this, this, and that. Come to the ER, and they will start running all the tests and everything. We have to be 
uh, you know, we have to, you have to move fast. So as a non-medical professional, I would look at the first handful of those symptoms. And that just seems like any illness, diarrhea, fever, headache, not feeling too hot. Don't want to eat. That's, that's me, you know, every other weekend, I just get a bug or something. Right. So specifically it would be jaundice, dark urine and palate or white bowel movements. Correct. And dark urine. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Because you wouldn't have those. It would be a given that if they had the, you can't have those symptoms and not have a headache and lack of appetite. Correct. Okay. That's, that's important. Okay. Uh, The thing is that when we started to see, you know, the, the let's, let's call the liver, the laboratory of the body, everything that happens, pretty much everything that happens in the body, it happens on the liver. You know, all this, it's, 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 it's like a different world. So many things happen in the liver in a, in a, in a given second than what happened in the world. It's, it's, it's incredible how, uh, biology works and how grateful and, 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 and incredible and amazing God to create the, the body. So um, it's sometimes you start you start with the signs and symptoms. It's like the amber or the yellow light that there's something coming. So in in, in this perspective of what we are watching worldwide, I really recommend that if the parents and somebody starting to see abdominal pain, headache, fever, um, and um, nausea, vomiting here and there, don't wait until they're white. I mean, yellow, and and to go and run to the to the pediatrician because when that is happening, now we have a problem in the liver. It might take five to seven to eight to 10 days. We don't know. It, it's, it, it really depends on the patient and the severity of that specific hepatitis. But on this context that we're talking about, I, I strongly recommend to look for the initial signs and symptoms. Are all the 450 cases, are they all vaccinated? Interesting question, Tommy, again, um, no. As as a matter of fact, the vast majority of of the kids, they're not vaccinated. They're not vaccinated because the vast majority of kids, they're between one year and a half and two years old. So by definition, in virtually any country in the world, you don't vaccinate children younger than five years. That's that's potentially why they're not vaccinated. So wouldn't that wouldn't that kind of spit directly in the face of the of a theory of them being vaxxed or well, being vaccine derived? Well, the thing the thing is that um, the thing is that what I try to say and what it's written on the papers is that the vaccine from the, the adults. The caregivers. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you said that the respiratory. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that that one in one ear, not the other. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, you're the one with the white coat, not me. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here, Doctor Tommy, just bullshitting my way through life. No, but it, you know, th- all of those are very important questions, and it's important to you know put everything out, every single 
uh, dot in every single point specifically. So it's it's important, you know, because people uh, they they have to understand the best the best they can, and we have to explain the best we can. Yeah, we need more doctors, Tommy. We need more doctors on board uh, in your program. We need more uh, immunologists, hepatologists, GI doctors. Um, we need more doctors. I, I think we have to create like a special special session of, of, of one of your programs with, with doctors because you know sure. nowadays one of the one of the largest or one of the biggest uh, learning experience after the pandemic is that the number one commodity in life is not oil, gas or diamonds or Bitcoin, but it's health. Yeah. It's health, number one commodity yeah. in the world. You don't have health, Tommy? Forget about Bitcoin, forget about oil, gas, and diamonds. There you go. Doesn't matter. That's exactly right. Um, to just kind of touch on one more time, because I, I forgot the growth model of this. When did you say the first in today's Tuesday, May 17th, 2022? When did you say the first case was? The first case was reported in Scotland. In Scotland on the last week of October 2021. Okay. Pretty much by the same time, beginning of November, it was reported the first few cases in Alabama at the Children's Hospital there, starting with four cases and then five and then nine cases and then the other states that I mentioned. Now, there are 25 states in the U.S. and territories, including Puerto Rico, with more than 110 cases right now. So is it going up exponentially or are they are people looking for it now? Is it following a model of it's growing? You know, like if you look at like the COVID cases, like there's a thousand US COVID cases, there's 10,000, 100,000, there's 100,000 a day and it you can see how it tears through a population is is it growing in, and I know and I know I asked this earlier and I know you don't have the answer but is it growing in a way indicative of transmissibility to one another or is this something where people are just starting to kind of look for it now and they're starting to uncover the cases it is definitely um, increasing alarming in, in terms of numbers worldwide, there is no record, there is no information to, to, to say that it's transmissible because there's no correlation between kids. There's no correlation between uh, cases, but it's, it's growing. And, and I think one of our, now I'm including you, Tommy, now we're part of the same team. Uh, one of our tasks, it's going to be to increase awareness, to bring this to the attention of more people, of more doctors, pediatricians, and so on and so forth, so we can start looking at. And obviously, the more you look, the more you find. That's a that's a that's a rule number one in medicine. Yeah. And I've learned that when I started to look for tuberculosis in uh, the immigration community. You know, a lot of you know there, there were back in the day that you were just a kid. You're you're just a kid, uh, Tommy. But back in the day when I was doing this, uh, I was talking to to 
many of my colleagues and they say, come on, Alex, tuberculosis, There's, there are no tuberculosis. It's, it's, that disease is gone. It's gone for a hundred years. Guess what? It's not true. The more you look, the more you find. Yeah. Just and now for some wild speculation. If this turn, if it turns out this is transmissible, are we going to see like a whole nother global pandemic response? Protect the kids. Oh my God. Shut down everything. Are you and I going to be crucified for misinformation? Uh, you know, they've already killed my podcast once. They can't kill it again. (laughs) You know, Tommy, that, that will be terrible. That will be terrible if it's transmissible. I am praying that it's not, that it's something else. It doesn't seem transmissible at this point in time. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I really, I really pray that this is not transmissible because if it is, we're ta- we're dealing with a different with a different thing. This is a different thing. Or if they find out unequivocally it's from proximity to adults who have been vaccinated, is there going to be separation of kids from parents? Who knows, Tommy? I'm, 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 to be honest, I, I've been thinking a lot about any possibility, any possibility, and it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's I'm, difficult. This I'm is this just is thinking of. You have to put on like your your cynicism hat and think about how would governments abuse this because they do. You could absolutely. I mean, we've already seen. Let's just look at where we are now the United States government saying parents showing up to home and school meetings are domestic terrorists. They are uh, not condoning the, the public, the public or the homeschooling movement, which is going up at greater rates right now than it ever has in U S history. There are more kids being homeschooled now than ever before. You start thinking of a power hungry government. Hey, we got to put the kids in a special in a special facility away from the parents. Parents are giving them hepatitis. And now, granted, and for full disclosure, this is Tommy Kerrigan talking, not Dr. Diaz. This is me with my tinfoil hat on. I don't have a white coat. But I'm just looking at, because we can't be oblivious. We just got out of a pandemic that started as two weeks to flatten the curve, don't kill grandma, to now it's where are your papers you plague rat, you can't come in a society. And it's like very quickly, we see how humans abuse this. They, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. A government, though necessary evil, is still evil. I'm just looking at, and ultimately, I mean, if the science is the science, if kids are getting hepatitis from parents, like, yeah, you have to do something. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm just more so thinking aloud. How would, how would the government or power hungry people abuse this? behind the shield of it's for your kids health we just got through two years of don't kill grandma they might barrel through with don't kill junior this is tremendous it's tremendous tommy i i really i really pray to god that uh this will end soon i really i really do uh that's from my spiritual uh that's from my spiritual spiritual side 
from a scientific side, on the other side of the token, um, and the natural history of disease, I'm guessing that they're coming more and more and more cases yeah. in the coming weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they and this is you can you can see it on media. It's all over the it's all over the the uh, media. They asked me on one of the most important um, radio shows in Mexico. That was two weeks ago. No, it was three weeks ago. So, Dr. Diaz, what do you think? Um, when do you think, do you think that this is coming to Mexico? Do you think it's a possibility? Do you think it's coming? What do you think? And I told him, you know, it's a matter of, it's a matter of days. No more than two weeks. Boom. Two weeks, exactly. First case. And uh, it, it's, this is tough. This is difficult. Uh, but I think what we are doing right now, this exercise, Tommy, and I really like to congratulate you and, and thank and thank you for the opportunity to raise the voice and to increase awareness. And, and I really will take your advice and your recommendation. Let's 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 do it on your plat platform. Let's bring more doctors. I'm just a channel. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just one guy. We need many, many, as many as we can. Exactly. And, and uh, I, I really like to thank you. Uh, right now, uh, Tommy, I need to leave. I have okay. a lot of, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of patients to to see and yeah, uh, kept you for an hour and a half. to the hospital and so on and so forth. But Tommy, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to to talk to you. To uh, I think you're a very intelligent uh, young man, and uh, you, you have a, uh, an amazing future ahead of you. And uh, definitely, I'm very I'm very uh, um, happy to be part of that story. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, again, just for just for your sake, all wild speculation is mine and mine alone. Not Doctor Diaz. I don't. I don't want you to have. Yeah, I don't want you to get thrown in with me. That's me speculating. Um, but yeah, man. Let's uh, let's let's text. Let's uh, let's start. You start putting the feelers out, getting the doctors, and we can start. I'll give you priority. We'll start racking up the podcasts, and we can put them all together, and hopefully something comes of it. And uh. Yeah, just do our best to uh, do the right thing. Dr. Diaz, thank you so much for coming on here, sir. I will send you the episode when it's uploaded. It'll be up later this evening. Brother, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so thank much. You, I love you, Dr. Diaz. God bless. Same, God same bless here. America.